so much lady that was wonderful and I was singing a perfect harmony up here with them you should have heard it Colossians chapter 3 if you would this morning Colossians chapter 3 is where we'll find our passage and uh, we have these little cards uh, that you can pick up and and drop in your Bible use them as a bookmark but I I encourage you to do that Uh, number one as you see on the screen behind me our theme for this year, for 2019, uh, and it was funny, I was looking at the file name this morning of this uh, when I made it, um, I, I realized I put 2018, uh, so I'm not quite ready to let go. Shazam! <laughs> so, anywho, we've got this, uh, cards. And uh, on the back of it, I don't know if you picked one up this morning, uh, but there is uh, every month of the year's listed, January through December, and all the ones in between, uh, which is important, I think. Uh, but there's a verse associated with each month. And what we're going to do as a church, uh, as we've been encouraging uh, to read through the Word of God this year as a church through the entire Bible, we're also going to be memorizing the Word of God as a church together. And so our theme for this year is the worth of the word, the worth of the word. Um, And then underneath that, our sub points are reading, remembering, and relying. And our text is found in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16. The first part of that says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And uh, I want to read just a couple of verses before that, uh, one before that, one after. But... Jesus Christ tells us through inspiration, uh, writing through Paul here, he says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And so we see uh, in that first part of verse number 16, he he instructs us, he tells us, he admonishes us. He gives us a commandment. It's not if you feel like it. It's not uh, if it's possible. It's not, it's let it. Let it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, speaking to me, speaking to you, richly. And that word richly, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of mention that and, and look at that. But that's to be in abundance. I don't think any of us would, would uh, you know, you go, you want something as it's given to you to be given in abundance. Uh, I, I like, you know, when I go and I order a steak, I, I don't order the three-ounce steak. I order the 24-ounce steak, whether I need it or not. Why? Because I want it all. I want it richly. I want it abundantly. And so God is instructing us, and, and as uh, and with prayer and, and consideration, uh, Pastor Brown and myself uh, felt that the Lord was leading us this way for the theme for the church this year to be all about the Word of God and how it is worth so much, so much. 
And so that's why we started at the beginning of the year to put out the Bible reading schedules, to put out the, the little slips of paper, uh, to really try to encourage uh, those that, that are Christians, those that call themselves Christians, to be in the Word of God this year and to read that and, and to participate. And uh, as I told my Sunday school class this morning, it will not hurt you to read the Bible. It, it can only help. And so we want to look at a few things this morning, but let's have a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll, we'll share what God's given to us to share. Father, we just thank you so much for your word, and Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us. Uh, help us, dear God, just to uh, say that which would need to be said, that you'd want to be said, nothing more, nothing less. And, and Father, just move me out of the way, and may you speak to our hearts this morning through your word, and we'll thank you for that. Be with those that are meeting in, in the Deaf Church this morning. Be with those that are meeting in our junior church. Uh, Lord, uh, just bless them, we pray. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, along with that, the junior church area is going to be working on these verses as well to memorize them. And I, I told Brother Gordon I'd like for him to memorize them and then maybe come out and say them to us. Uh, but we'll start working on them on Sunday nights. And so go ahead and get a leg up. You can get those. Uh, they're already there for you. You can look at them. Start memorizing them in your daily devotions. Uh, looking at them and... Uh, God wants us to have the Word of God inside us. He didn't give it to us uh, just for it to lay on a shelf. I, I think I, I read a quote the other day by John Getch. He said, the devil is not afraid of an unopened Bible on a shelf. And uh, if you go to the shelf out here in the side four, you'll find a lot of unopened Bibles that are oftentimes left in here. Uh, I don't know if they're not needed. I don't know if they're just uh, a, a byproduct of what we do when we come to church. But I think the Word of God is worth so much that we ought to bring it with us and take it home. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, the worth of the Word. Uh, inside the flyleaf of Evangelist Billy Sunday's Bible was found this uh, writing. And they found this after he passed. He said, 29 years ago, the Holy Spirit was my guide. I entered into the portico of Genesis. I walked down the corridor of the Old Testament. Art galleries were pictures of Noah and Abraham and Moses. Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, and Daniel hung on the wall. I passed into the music room of Psalms where the Spirit sweeps the keyboard of nature until it seems that every reed and pipe in God's great organ responds to the harp of David, the sweet singer of Israel. I entered the chamber of Ecclesiastes where the voices of the preacher is heard and into the conservatory of the Sharon and Lily of the Valley where the sweet spices filled and perfumed my life. I entered the business office of Proverbs and on into the observatory of the prophets where I saw telescopes of various sizes pointing to far-off events concentrated on the bright and morning star which was to rise above the moonlit hills of Judea for our salvation and redemption. I entered into the audience room of the King of Kings, catching a vision written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Thence I went into the correspondence room with Paul, Peter, James, and John writing the epistles. I stepped into the throne room of Revelation where the tower the glittering peaks sits the King of Kings upon His throne of glory with the healing of nations in His hand. He said, and I cried out, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown Him Lord of all. And we, we wonder why He says, Let this word dwell in you richly. Because if we want to have a glimpse of God. Amen. We're going to get it through the Word of God. You know, 
It's so interesting. Every year at tent meeting, Brother Phil Ruff will bring out his telescope and he will set that up and we have an opportunity to look through it to see the far off heavenly bodies. Now that telescope does us absolutely no good if it sits there and we look at it. All we see is a telescope. But once you peer into it, you see the creation of God. This book does us absolutely no good if all we do is look at it. It's not until we open it and we read its pages that we can peer into what God has for us. And so what is the worth of the Word in your life this morning? He tells us here, let the Word of Christ dwell. Dwell, that word dwell. It has a twofold meaning. It's either to abide as a permanent resident or to inhabit for a time. Those are two entirely different meanings for the same word. Because to dwell as a permanent resident is way different than just inhabiting for a time. But what do we allow the Word of God to do in our lives? Is it a permanent resident in my life? Is it something that I get up just like I get up every morning? I eat breakfast, I eat lunch, I eat second lunch, I eat first dinner and third dinner with some snacks in between. Hey, eating is a permanent residence in my life. Okay, it doesn't go nowhere, all right? Do we allow the Word of God to be permanent? Or is it just a temporary resident? First month of July, I'll do good, or first month of January, I'll do good at reading my Bible. I start getting behind. February, I start lagging. I start getting further and further behind. And then eventually, I just don't even try. It inhabited for a little bit. It dwelt for a little bit. But then it moved on out. Not of its own accord. And so, do we let the Word of God dwell within us? Look with me just real quick at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to read a few verses here. Uh, and then we'll get into uh, the message. It's kind of just the, the front porch here. But 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, in verse number 12 is where we'll start. Verse number 12, the Bible tells us here, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Peter here is writing to the church saying, Hey, I'm going to tell you some things that you already know. And I kind of want to start out with that. I'm going to tell you some things this morning that you already know. It's just by way of remembrance. He says in verse number 13, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Now, I'm not planning on going nowhere anytime soon. I'm just trying to remind you of some things that we already know. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed, and this is important, cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. And then in verse number 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this, there no prophecy of the Scriptures of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, 
But the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. St. Timothy tells us this in chapter 3 and verse number 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You say, why did you read that? Because before we get into the fact that we need to read, remember, and rely on our Bible, we got to be settled. we got to be certain that we have the Word of God. And if you don't believe that, it's not going to help you. If I'm a Christian today, as I, as I told my Sunday school class, and I believe this Bible, i got to believe it all the way. It does me no good to believe it halfway. To say, well, I like this half, but this half I'll get rid of. We have to understand God has given us a more sure word. Sure. Settled. It ain't going nowhere. He's protected it. He's preserved it. He inspired it. He, God breathed it. To give it to us. So what do you think about the Word of God today? Is it the Word of God in your life? Is it something you look at and you think, that is God's voice speaking to me? Because what you think of it will affect how you read it. If you read it. If I'm fully vested in something, if I had a mutual fund or stocks that I was invested in and I wanted to see, I would faithfully read the, new, the, the, the stock exchange uh, outputs every morning. I would check and see how my things were doing. Why? Because it's worth something to me. Because I have value in that. If I don't look into God's Word every day, I am showing him the value of his word to me. You say, every day? Every day. Every day. There was a time in my life when I liked to work out. I don't know why. But it was valuable to me for some reason. I was trying to get into trooper school. So I had to. But it was valuable because I needed to be in a certain shape before school. Now, after school, all bets are off. You can be whatever shape you want. Have you ever seen any of our troopers down there? You understand, pork chop isn't just a nickname. <laughs> it's a way of life. But I worked out faithfully because I had a goal that I wanted. And I achieved. Why? Because I valued, I valued it. God's given us a goal to achieve. But we're going to have to value His Word in order to find it, in order to live it. Perfecting righteousness doesn't come by living without the Word of God. We have to have the Word of God. Perfecting godliness in our life can only come through the Word of God. And so, do we read it? Do we read it? I, you know, I, I used to, I, was, I mentioned this morning, my aunt gave me Hardy Boy. And I, used to, I used to love to read. I still enjoy it. I just don't have the time to do it as much as I used to. I mean, there was a day... Take a hardy boy, an hour later, I was done. I mean, fly through it. My kids, they, they do the same thing now. They've read through those books. We have a lot of books for them to read. They spend most of their time reading. I was talking to Titus this morning. He got a new batch of books from eBay yesterday, and I told Sheriff, so we're going to have to start issuing them, like one a day, because he got five, and he's down to one left, I think. And so, uh, you know, reading is good. But what are we reading? 
What are we reading? Well, we can read about the sports. We can read about this. We can read about that. Most, most, most people now, they don't even read. Uh, I, I heard somebody say the other day the best way to get their kids to read was to put closed caption on their videos. And I'm not sure if it was serious or not. But what are we reading? Is it valuable to us? The Word of God is, is worth something to the Christian. We need to read it. We need to seek it devotedly. Clarence Sexton, pastor of Temple Baptist over Crown College, has said this, and I've always remembered this. He said, we should not just have morning devotions, but we should live a life of constant devotion. A life of devotion. Not just getting up in the morning so we can check off something, but getting up in the morning or afternoon or whenever it is that you have your quiet time with God and seeking God devotedly. Why? Well, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He said, you do err not knowing the Scriptures. You know, we'll mess up a lot if we don't know the Word of God. There's a lot of messed up people out there that are Christians that have asked Jesus Christ to come to their heart. They know Him as their Savior, and yet they don't know His Word, and so they mess up. You do err. Why should we read it? Because we want to be right. By God. With my whole heart, the psalmist writes, have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from what? Thy commandments. With my whole heart, I've sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. So are we seeking him devotedly? The psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 63 and uh, the, these verses are some that we know, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. There is nothing that's going to be better for you as a Christian outside of the Word of God. There's nothing this world can offer you that is going to be better for you, that will quench the thirst that, that we have for God than the Word of God. And yet so often we, we, uh, we have the Word of God, we know it's the Word of God, we'll bring the Word of God, we won't even open it in church. I, I, there, there are people that bring their Bible with them, so I don't know if it's to occupy a seat or if it's uh, uh, to save a seat or to keep people from getting too close. <laughs> but that Bible never makes it to their lap and it never opens. So do we read it? Do we value it? Seek it devotedly. Study it diligently. Uh, Gypsy Smith uh, told of a man who said he received no inspiration from the Bible, although he had gone through it several times. Gypsy Smith, that old evangelist, had this to say, let it go through you once and you will tell a different story. We don't read the Bible just to read it, but we read the Bible to get it inside of us so it can make a difference in our lives. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus Christ changes us. And the Word of God continues that change. And so are we reading it? Are we seeking Him? Are we studying it? Are we standing determined upon it? I tell you what, this Word of God will help us in a world that is changing ever so quickly. As society goes back and forth, and, uh, but constantly down, the Word of God is the only sure thing upon which we have to stand. It is to be our rock, our, our foundation, our fortress. Uh, it is to be that which God has given us, and God never changes. 
And he tells us we're blessed over Malachi that he doesn't change. I mean, can you imagine having your salvation change from day to day and having to do something different? And yet it never does. Why? Because God never changes. Hold fast, he tells in 2 Timothy, the form of sound words which thou heard me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee. Keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It is by the Word of God that we stand. It's by the Word of God that we have strength to stand. It's the Word of God that we have to stand upon. But are we even in it to know where to stand? So many Christians, you, you talk to them and they're so messed up on issues of society, whether it be uh, the, the, the right to life or marriage or whatever, they're messed up on it because they don't know what the Word of God has to say about it. They're tossed uh, to and fro with every new wave of doctrine, as the Word of God says. Why? Because they don't know the Word of God. It is from the Word of God that we get our doctrines, our principles of life. So study it. Stand upon it. And then the second thing that we're putting forth as our theme this year is remembering it. Remember it. You know, there's a lot of things that I remember that I wish I didn't. But the Bible is not one of those. I wish I could remember more. I, I wish that I had applied myself more over the years of my saved life to putting the Word of God inside me. The psalmist tells us, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. I've hid it. I've stored it away like a pirate takes and buries his treasure. Why? Because it's valuable. It's valuable. We need to remember it. And the way that we do that is by setting our affection on it. I remember the things I like. When I walk into a store, I know exactly where the Oreos are located in that store. They're a part of my affection. When I go south, I know where Chick-fil-A is. The best thing about Ohio is Chick-fil-A. And, and I know, hey, Perrysburg exit, I'm getting off, I'm turning left, I'm turning right, I'm in their parking lot. I ain't got to worry about it. We remember what we love. What we've set our affection on has a place in our heart. So do we set our affection upon the Word of God? In Colossians chapter 3, he tells us, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things earth. We have this Word of God on this earth, but you know where it's settled? In heaven. This is a heavenly book that we need to set our affection on. In Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 2, he says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he do what? Meditate day and night. Jeremiah tells us, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoiced my heart. Why? Because Jesus Christ said, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. You think about that. Not, not physically taking and ripping out the page of our Bible, but... But spiritually speaking, the food that we need is the Word of God. And Jeremiah said, I found them and I did eat them. It's a wonderful thing when you're reading through the Word of God and you're looking for something. You ask God to give you something and, and, and lo and behold, God does. 
But so often we don't get anything spiritually to eat. Why? Because we have not, because we ask not. Start out reading the Word of God with saying, God, I know you've got something for me here today because you know what's coming up. So help me to see it and think about it and to enjoy it. Knowing that later on I'm going to need that. Have we set our affection upon the Word of God? Job said, I mean, you think about Job now. And this isn't like chapter 1, this is Job chapter 23. He's done been through losing everything he's got. His friends telling him he's a horrible person, having boils. I mean, all this stuff. And then in Job chapter 23, this is what Job says. I have esteemed the words of his mouth, talking about God, more than my necessary food. He said, if I had anything, I needed God's Word. So, to remember it, we need to set our affection on it. Then, the second thing we need to do is strive for it. Strive for it. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll find a song or whatever that we like, and what do we do? We listen to it over and over again until, guess what? I can sing it word for word, sometimes better than the people singing it, sometimes not, but, you know... Depends on who's singing the song. But why? Because I've listened to it over and over again, over and over again, repetition, repetition, repetition. But it was something I enjoyed, something that touched my heart, and, and something that I, I wanted to learn. And so what did I do? I learned it. I learned it. There have been a lot of things coming in my life that, that were, I, I felt, somewhat important to me, and so I learned how to do it. I'll be honest with you, not that, not that this is any great uh, thing of graphic design, but when I came to this church... I knew how to use Microsoft Word, and that was it. But Preacher wanted me to learn how to, and, and so through YouTube and, and, and videos and learning, and now I got pretty decent at it, I thought. I mean, for an ignorant Baptist preacher, I mean, with no schooling. But why? It was something I strove for, something I wanted to do, something I wanted to do better than I did the last time. Do we want to live this year better than we did last year? We're going to have to get in God's Word. Do we want to be closer to God than we were last year? We're going to have to get in God's Word. We're going to have to strive to get closer to God through His Word. Uh, there's uh, in a, a book that I've read, Homiletics from the Heart, uh, by John Getch as well. He offers these suggestions for memorization of the Scripture. He says, choose a specific time and place. What gets scheduled gets done. And I have found that to be very, very true in my life. Organize by topic. Organize your scripture to, to memorize by Bible. Uh, is it about the Bible? Is it about the Holy Spirit? Is it about this or that? Work out loud. It may be funny, but it helps. I find, and I find in my own life when I'm writing out scripture, that helps me to remember it because I'm putting it down pen to paper. Walk while you memorize. It's both healthy and the natural rhythm helps you to remember things. That, that, that's very true. Review, review, review. Repetition is the key to learning. And just like an athlete will make the same throw or the same shot over and over again to create muscle memory, our minds need to have that same thing, repetition, to remember the Word of God. It takes work. And that is why we don't do it. It takes work. And if I'm not getting paid for it, I think is a lot of people's mantra, if I'm not getting paid for it, I'm not doing it. We don't know the heavenly dividends 
not including the physical dividends of having God's word hid in our hearts. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, the psalmist begs God. In Psalms 119, he tells us, I will delight myself in thy commandments. I have loved them. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate. Three times there, he says, I'm going to do this. I will not, he tells us again in 119, forget thy word. I will not. He says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to strive for it. I'm going to store it within me. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, abundantly, without measure. We struggle to get into the book, but beyond that, we need the book to get into us. Store it. You know, sometimes I get a little nervous because I back my computer up to a hard drive, and I think, what happens if the hard drive goes bad? And then it went bad. Like, I got to get another hard drive. Why? Because I got I to reproduce all this because I don't want to lose anything in that storage. I don't want to lose any of the data that I have, the, the, the now over 10 years of church stuff that I've compiled and put together and, and uh, all the list of exactly when you've been at church and when you haven't been. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But that story, do we store the word, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee? Are we working on striving at it, storing it away? We never know when we're going to need it. We never know when we're going to need it and not have it. There's always, um, I get made fun of because I usually have more stuff than is necessary for whatever I'm doing. Uh, missions trip, I've got a bag, half a dozen flashlights, I mean, you know, K rations, whatever. If it goes down, we're okay. And I get made fun of that, but it's okay. I'm not bitter, I'm better. But know this, if something goes wrong, if you need a zip tie, I got it. If you need a carabiner clip, if, we're, if we got to rappel down a mountain to get out of somewhere, we're good to go. Because I'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. That's just the way I, I, I live. And with the Word of God, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Because we live in a society where I have a feeling that soon, one day, we're going to need it and we might not be able to get it like we do. And will we have stored it within us that it'll be there for us to lastly rely on? Rely on. God's given us this book, not just to read, not just to remember, but to live with it as our foundation. We, everything we do, we say... Uh, it, we, our entire faith is built upon the Bible. It's our authority for faith and practice. It's what we believe, and it's what we live. But I won't live it if I don't know it. I mean, I can live like a church person just fine. I can show up at church in my suit, look good, sing the songs, sit down, open my Bible, read. But what am I doing on the outside of these walls? Am I relying on the Word of God then? It's easy to rely on the Word of God in here. What am I doing out there? George Mueller read through the Bible over 100 times. He also wrote over 30,000 letters per year for 40 years. Of course, we know George Mueller was a great man of faith that had the Bristol uh, homes uh, for orphanage, uh, orphans. 
He pastored 1,200 believers at one time, had the oversight of five large orphanages and a huge publishing house that printed and distributed millions of books, tracts, and Bibles. Yet George Mueller said, I never think of going to my work without first having a good season of time with God and my Bible. Why? Because he had too much on his plate to do it without God. I think a lot of times we don't have enough on our plate and so therefore we think we can do it without God. When really our plate's way too big for us and we need God in every facet. Why? He sanctifies our walk. If we want to walk worthy, as Paul mentions three times throughout the New Testament, Paul encourages us to walk worthy. They're going to have to walk in the Word for Him to sanctify us and keep us in the right way. Sanctify them through Thy truth, he says in John. Thy Word is truth. Psalm chapter 119 tells us in verse number 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to Thy Word, with my whole heart have I sought Thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. If we want to live right with God, we're going to have to have the word of God in our lives. If we want to walk a sanctified walk, a righteous walk, a godly walk. Now, if we don't want to, then you're off the hook. You ain't got to have the word of God in your life at all. But that's not what God wants us to do. Why? Because he sanctifies our walk and he shows us his will. His will is for us to walk in His Word. You say, well, how do you know that? Because He gave it to us. He preserved it. He inspired it. He, he, I mean, you think about everything that this book has gone through to get to where we have it today that we can read it in our language. The countless thousands that have died, died to give us this book. It shows us His will. In Romans chapter 12, and in verse number 2, He tells us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not going to be able to renew my mind without renewing it every day in the Word of Christ. I think it was uh, Lester Roloff, I, I think is who said this, uh, what we need is just a good brainwashing, as, as Pastor talks, to wash our mind in the Word of God. To allow it to cleanse us, to, to purify us. Why? Through truth. There's so much fake stuff out in this world. There's so many lies. There's so many things that are uh, false. We need the truth. And yet, when we're looking for truth, we'll look at Fox, we'll look at CNN, we'll look at ABC, NBC, we'll look everywhere else except for where the truth is always present. The Word of God. We need the truth. It sanctifies our walk. It shows us His will. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. It is settled forever. It's settled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, he tells in Matthew chapter 24, but my words shall not pass away. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. We've got a more sure word of prophecy. That's settled forever. As eternal as our salvation is as eternal as our scriptures. It's never going away. Why? Because it is a God-given book. I was just reading a story Brother Tom shared with me the other day about a, a boy 
back in 1940-something, who in his change for his lunch, he received a penny. 1947, I think it was, 48. And that penny was printed, it was minted during the World War II era, and during that time they did uh, steel-plated, uh, zinc-plated pennies because copper was so precious. And yet somehow, some copper platings fell in between the, the presses, and somehow there was a few, very few, 10, 10 or 12 of these pennies minted. And, and the Department of Treasury uh, disavowed knowledge of them. They said they were fake. And yet later on it was proven that they were real. And somehow this boy got one as lunch. Uh, his change that he gave the, I don't know, maybe five cents for lunch and got four back. I don't know. But he thought it was neat. He tucked it away. Well, he died. And as they're going through his things, they found this penny. And it's going to go up for auction here pretty soon. And they're thinking it's going to fetch millions. He lived his entire life with something that was worth far more than he ever thought it would be worth and never was able to take advantage of it. We have Christians who will live their life with something that's worth far more than you could ever realize it's worth. And until we die and we stand before God and find out what we could have had if we'd have valued the worth of the word. What's it worth to you today? This Bible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word.